0: Welcome to the second series of the Reworked podcast, brought to you by diversity consultancy EW Group. I'm Rachel Wilson, and every fortnight I'll be speaking to CEOs, HR leaders, and workplace activists about the steps they are taking to reform and rework organisational culture. Rebecca Berry is the head of culture change at Lloyd's Register, one of the world's leading providers of professional services for engineering and technology. The company is headquartered in London with a global operation which covers 78 countries. They were founded in 1760 as a maritime classification society, so surely, please forgive the pun, but changing the culture at Lloyd's must be like turning around a super oil tanker. I visited their office in the heart of the City of London to find out. So Rebecca Berry, thank you for joining the Reworked podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to speak to you. I was walking over here thinking, um, even though we work in so many different sectors and different types of organisations, I don't really know any any other heads of culture change. So no. could you tell us? Start off by just telling us a bit about your job, what it involves. Um, sure. Sounds like a dreamy yeah. job title to me. It is a dreamy job title, especially as it's now got
1: EDI in it as well, uh, which is a very welcome inclusion, and it's a natural progression in mm. what I've been doing. Uh, it came about uh, three years ago when our new chief executive at the time uh, was rolling out his new strategy, and a big part of that strategy was recognising that if we were going to continue to be successful, we would need to change elements of our culture. So, uh, a, big part of the stru- a big part of the strategy was called shaping our culture. So, at the launch event, um, I was talking all about this and it sounded fantastic. So, I positioned myself strategically at coffee time and said, Alistair, that sounds really good. And if I could be involved in any way, I'd love to be. Because at that time, I was the HR director of one of our business divisions. Um, and he kind of got this look on his face like, hmm, that's interesting. And a couple of weeks later, he came up and said, how would you like to be our head of culture change and lead all of this shaping our culture? That's a great
0: example of stepping forward, though, is (laughs) putting yourself forward (laughs) for things. Yeah,
1: Um, And also it was, we're going to backfill you as HRD. Mm -hmm. I can't make you any promises, um, but we'd love you to do it. And we'll see what happens at the end of it. Uh, so I took the risk and three years on we can all see that there's still plenty to do because we've now added in the EDI it's morphing into a much more engagement a broader engagement piece Mm. um, and experience engagement and experience so um yeah it's uh, every day's a school day
0: (laughs) so you work across all aspects of Lloyd's Register's businesses yes could you would you mind just scoping out for us what those are and how, how the yeah, what the company does and how that how that breaks down.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, the company is a commercial organisation, but we gift all of our profits to the Lloyd's Register Foundation, which is a grant-giving charity, um, and they fund research into all sorts of things that make the world a safer place. So there's a huge amount of pride in the organisation that that's what we do. When we get up in the morning, we know that we're contributing to making the world safer. So in the commercial organisation, in the Lloyd Register Group, uh, we have three divisions. So we've got our maritime, our marine and offshore division, and they're all about um, ships, oil rigs, offshore things, and from conception through design, um, when the ships are in service and when they're decommissioned, all the way through, we provide independent verification that they are being designed to the right rules and regulations, that they're being classified, basically that they're safe to float or aeroplanes are safe to fly. Or So that's what we do um, in our marine and offshore. We have an energy division which does similar things um, in the oil and gas sector and also provide consultancy. Uh, and we have a business assurance and inspection services division which is a broader range. I mean, that's every sector you can imagine, but that's third-party assurance about business systems. So, for example, um, one of our big areas of focus at the moment is in the food supply chain. So it's assuring things. There's this phrase from farm to fork, so mm-hmm. assuring food. So the uh, everybody in a supply chain has robust systems in place to keep things safe, um, that they're producing things to the right quality. So ISO 9000 is a big... Um, product that we uh, that we have but also are there more niche products for different things like um, assuring nuclear stations and things mm. like that so
0: everything is about safety okay great and is it the maritime business that's part of the business that's the oldest? it is yes that's been around since 1760 mm. and
1: we only really started adding other bits. To it uh, after 1900, so for quite a long time we were just about classifying yeah. ships. Yeah, but then so. we extended our
0: expertise. Yeah. Um, so the company, and obviously there won't be anybody here who remembers the very early days. Um, <laughs> it must have gone through obviously huge amounts of change, culture, cultural change over those de- centuries.
1: Yes, we have a history of firsts in in terms of the ships we've classified the things we've been involved in, new technologies from the 1700s all the way through uh, to now. Uh, So, for example, thinking again about the Lloyds Register Foundation, uh, one of our grants has helped to create the very first 3D printed bridge, an actual bridge that people can walk across, across a canal in Amsterdam. So, technological first, we've been um, really, really strong in that. So when people inside uh, the culture can feel quite traditional in some parts of the organisation, we're built on a very sort of engineering mindset, so things being right or wrong, black or white, yes or no. Uh, So occasionally it can feel as though we're not terribly innovative, but when you look at the things we've been involved Mm. in that have made the world a safer place and brought improved technology, um, we've got a lot to be proud of. Mm, mm.
0: So you're a, a complex business. Very. Um, and now I imagine when you, when you uh, started life in the in the in the early days you were UK based you're now very global. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so how do how do you even begin to map out what the culture is like as a starting mm-hmm. point? I mean, is is that where you started 3 years ago? Did you start yeah. with that as a project? Yes.
1: Um so when we started 3 years ago the one thing we knew we wanted to do was a a, a specific um culture shaping workshop which was a very um, personal experiential uh, event for everybody but geared towards the culture that we want to create in Lloyd's Register so we had to say and here's the culture we want in Lloyd's Register Mm. and the interesting thing is that a lot of people can tell you what they don't want but not many people can say this is what I want instead so I did uh, articulate the desired culture and funnily enough because it's now a few years old we're currently going through a refresh mm-hmm. saying we all know a lot more about culture now. Everybody's been through this workshop that we call Be The Change. Everybody's had the opportunity to think about what kind of culture they want in Lloyd's Register and how it compares to what we've got. Yeah. So let's have another look at the desired culture and is it still what we want. And the way I did that, the way I got to the desired culture, there are lots of great surveys and tools out there that mm. you can use. Um, I didn't do any of that. (laughs) Uh, We had just done um, an engagement survey, and uh, there were many, many comments and useful insights from that that I could use. Um, As I said at the time, we were rolling out a new strategy, so we were running workshops with um, mobilisers for the strategy, and that involved um, discussions about what kind of behaviours are we going to need to help us be successful with the strategy. So there were outputs from that. And I looked at what customers were saying to us and about us. So those three things, yeah. and I drew those into themes, and then I tested it around the world. So I went to key um, places around the world to my um, HR network and said, could you run some focus groups for me? Does this word make sense? Does this mean this way it's mm. intended? Mm. So I got lots of great feedback from people. And it came back with a culture which... Most people went, yeah, I think that's more or less it. The the first one, uh, before I'd kind of socialised it, uh, there were quite strong reactions to, no, no, that's not the culture I (laughs) want. So I was quite happy to have one with a really going, yeah, actually that feels about right. Mm. There's bits that perhaps I'd tweak, but that's all right. So now I want to move that on and say, is this still what we want?
0: Yeah. So I'm doing it all over again. Right. So I guess it's a continual process. Yes. Um and so, when you were testing that out uh on the road in global different global locations, did you come up with did anything really interesting raise its raise its head around how things were being received differently culturally in different parts of the world? I was very grateful
1: for the colleagues in um cultures that are very different to Western ones. I'm very, very conscious that I can only look at this through a Western lens. It's all I know. I can try to appreciate it, and I do my best. And I've um, had—I don't wish to be um, boastful—but had some good feedback from people who've said, "You really tried to understand where we're coming from." So thank you. Um, It was helpful that the, uh, for example, from Japan, the feedback was, "We know where you're going with this." but it's not been expressed in the right way to be meaningful mm. to people in Japan. So we would suggest that we talk about it like this instead. And I said, that's absolutely fine. Where we're going is important, not mm. you know how we talk about where we're going. It, it, it needs to be um, re- relevant and sensible wherever you are in the world. Yeah. Rather than, no, no, it must say um, accountable because mm-hmm. uh, there were some words, I can't remember all of them, but there were some words where there simply wasn't a translation in yeah. some of the countries we were in, so we had to explore that and say, well, this is what it means, and they go, oh, it means this. Like, yep, yep, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah, oh, that's so fascinating. So it, it is a continual process, like we've said. How how do you, what tools or practices do you have for, for measuring the progress that you're making towards that cultural, that you're... That you're desired culture state
1: okay uh two at the moment um one we've developed a success culture index which sounds a lot posher than it probably (laughs) is um our our desired culture is sort of in eight segments so we link it directly to our engagement survey and say how are we doing on this we've just uh, engaged with a new partner for this and we can directly ask those questions Mm -hmm. whereas before we uh, Initially, we looked at our initial engagement survey and said, well, that question kind of relates to that, so let's use that, but it wasn't the best measure. So now we've got an absolute measure that we can use. Uh, so when we've refreshed our culture, we're going to benchmark it with the survey tool and then pulse it every quarter and mm-hmm. publish the results so people can see how we're doing. Mm-hmm. The second way we measure it is by um, the workshops that we've been running, our mm-hmm. Be The Change workshops, uh, as part of the the agreement with the provider of those they uh, do a survey for us three months after each workshop so people can reflect on the extent to which they've been able to apply those ideas as an individual and the extent to which they're seeing it happening in their team and their confidence that it's making a difference to the organisation mm.
0: so that's been very useful mm. And are you doing work with the most senior people in the business as well so that they're sending the right the, the messaging around the desired culture
1: yes so they are all um, very much on board mm. with it uh, I think I hear this in in my network that however much senior leaders think they're doing to uh, live the culture often people don't see it or feel it uh, and the word I've used with the leadership team here is that you have to almost be pantomime really or you know, say out loud what you are doing and why and connect it to the culture uh, because you know, we're a big organisation, we're around the world, not everybody feels particularly connected to the leadership team so when they do it's really important that they feel yeah. the culture that we're trying to create and it's very closely aligned with our values. Um, the trick that I missed when we originally uh, developed our desired culture was not to link it specifically with the values, and I will be doing that the second time mm. around. Because everybody is really aligned with the values and really feels them, but they can be interpreted in different ways. Mm. So we're going to use the culture and the values together to show what good looks like and how we can all create the LR that we want to have. Mm. Great.
0: So we are really proud to be your sort of EDI partner at EW Group uh, with Lloyd's Register. So I'm obviously interested to know um, how you see the diversity and inclusion part of the culture sort of linking to or underpinning the, your all the work that you do or your, your overarching cultural change programme.
1: Um, I think it's something that has always been there but hasn't had a label on it uh, and it's a great next step for us. It feels as though we're a little behind the times um, with uh, actively addressing this. But looking at the work we've been doing in culture in terms of how we behave towards Mm. each other in the organisation, about how we connect with customers and how we collaborate together, there's been a lot of inclusive messaging in what we've done so far. So, this have everybody is so excited that we have our, our new strategy. There's a lot of interest in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, now we can be more overt. We've got um, key performance indicators around it. Um, we're really enjoying working with you guys on helping us to uh, have a comms plan in place, think about how we can articulate this positively for everybody in the organization and not feel as though it's mm-hmm. sort of bashing certain groups that might have been more favored in the past. So it's it's a great next step for us, and, and we're equally
0: delighted to be working with you. <laughs> oh, that's great! Um, so the comp you mentioned the comms there um, around the, the diversity and inclusion work, but I imagine culture change generally a huge amount of that must be just about communication.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Um, you talked about leaders; everything that they say is um, picked over, poured over. You know, body language, what they say, how they say mm. it. Um, so I do spend a lot of time uh, coaching, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: connecting with people, uh, and checking in with them about you know are you are you being the best you you can be mm-hmm. without being that patronising. <laughs> you know how's it going? How are you doing in um, living and leading the culture? How can I help? You know what what more do you need? What tools would be helpful? Mm-hmm. When did you last ask for feedback? You know, so I I ask lots of questions and let people come to their own mm-hmm. conclusions, mm-hmm. and it's great that we can see. Um, the leadership team being more um, open in communications people saying, here's how I might have thought about this before and here's how I think about mm. it now. And that, again, is going to develop as we run workshops with them with our, our new diversity and inclusion plan for them to be able to articulate difference um, mm. confidently and positively mm. and relate it to the organisation. So um, it's, it's, it's important that the leaders demonstrate it but I'm finding, really, that culture actually happens at team level. Every mm-hmm. time I do research or look into a new piece of, um, yeah. you know, a new thought piece, it seems oh. to come down to how do we behave with my immediate peers and with my immediate boss. That's yeah. where it seems to come to life.
0: Yeah, isn't that interesting? Mm. And therefore you've got hundreds, if not thousands in your business of sub, subcultures yes. by team. Yes. Um, and how do you go about influencing those? separate teams in a business of your size mm-hmm. where you can't, you can't just run a session for all of the people managers that you have No,
1: uh, we're culture champions mm-hmm. so right. there are people who are really keen to be part of this movement uh, so we've got um, a number of lead culture champions who have volunteered to lead a crew um, and each culture champion works within their team to, to do nudges and not mm. do let's spend half a day thinking about our behaviours but on a daily basis, say so if they're in a team meeting, they might say, "Are we talking about the right things here? Are we, you know, are we allowing our mood to affect the decisions that we're making?" And just tiny little nudges that take people towards the, um, you know, the, the the mindset and the behaviours that will help us to be successful.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, we're big fans of um, understanding micro behaviours yeah. and, and nudge. Yes, the power of yeah, those those the nudge theory. Uh-huh um to bring about behavioural change, definitely. Have you been able to connect with other culture change heads of heads of culture change in other organisations? Is there a critical mass of you with similar similar roles? Are you are you a little bit out there on your own?
1: It was interesting when I changed my title on LinkedIn. Mm. Um I suddenly got all sorts of people interested to connect. <laughs> I haven't come across any um, specific heads of culture change. Um, most people have it as part of a, of a wider remit. Uh, but there were some people, especially in the beginning, who were very generous with their time. So, for example, I went to meet with, I think, the head of learning and development at the John Lewis Partnership because there were elements of their culture that I thought that would be an interesting mm. dimension to add to ours. When I was researching the cultures that sounded like you know, they had things that we could learn from, so yes, people who are very generous with their time. Um,
0: and did you learn? Sorry to stop you. Did you learn? Did you learn? What did you learn from John Lewis?
1: Um, I was interested from the point of view of everybody's a partner there, and I was thinking about the accountability part yeah. of, of culture. Um, and I I think what, what I learned was the the strength of of pride that people have yeah. in John Lewis uh, as an individual. In terms of you know the quality that they stand for, but also I own this I own mm. a little bit of this and it's something that I couldn't replicate in a lot because we can't you know it's not how we're constituted uh but it was great to see their comms and their uh the uh, i feel terrible I can't remember the name of the the person I spoke to, but she showed me a newsletter, and the tone of the comms was really you know we're all in this together it's it wasn't. Yeah. Um, sort of third person detached, Mm -hmm. it really felt um, very uh, cohesive and collaborative and there were some challenging things in there there were comments from people saying I would like to see the leadership team doing more of this and why can't we see more of that in a way that perhaps other more traditional hierarchical organisations might find inappropriate Mm.
0: so I liked that That's interesting, and and you say that you you can't quite replicate the partnership model, but Mm. actually going back to the beginning of our conversation as you described lloyd's register and and the um the commitment that people have to generating um income for Mm -hmm. the foundation it Mm -hmm. did make me think of a partnership model yeah there is there's there is that buy-in isn't there there's Mm -hmm. that um not just a buy-in but a um, kind of a a driver for people
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty unique, I think, and mm. it's one of the things that attracts people to Lloyd's Register because mm. I don't think there are many commercial organisations that are all about
0: social good. No, so no, um, it's and not really here in the heart of the city of London either. I know. <laughs> yes. So this is a difficult final question, but um, what is your what is your vision for the culture at Lloyd's Register? You, you know, you, you're maybe you're about to review again the work mm. that you've been doing over the last three years. Where do, you want, where do you want to get to, and how will you know you've got there?
1: Um, I'll know I've got there when we have um, engagement scores in the 90s. Mm-hmm. People all about, yes, you know, this is an amazing place to work, and I feel privileged to be here. Um, and when our customers are raving about how easy we are to do business with. Because at the moment, that's one of the ways in which the the culture doesn't quite align. Uh, right. We are fabulous technically. Our customers adore what we do technically, um, but we can trip over ourselves a bit internally, so they don't always find us easy to do business with. Mm-hmm. So if I have customers raving about that, um, I can
0: hang up my boots and
1: <laughs> yeah, retire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, that, that's that's a really clear answer, actually. Thanks, Rebecca. But you know, there's what there's clearly ways of measuring that, and um, yeah. And being able to see the progress that you're making, which is, which is fantastic. Well, thank you. I've really, really enjoyed hearing more about, about the work that you're doing and, and about the, the, the context in which you're operating. Really, really appreciate it. Um, good luck with everything. Thank you. And we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Rachel. I hope this episode gave you some ideas that you can replicate in your own organisation. We'd love it if you could leave a review and also subscribe to Reworked so you don't miss our next episode. Diversity and inclusion at work has never been higher up the agenda. The EW Group team includes learning and development specialists, facilitators, researchers and analysts, all with deep expertise in equality, diversity and inclusion. If you think we can help you rework your own culture, please get in touch.